I teased that there would be some news about some stadium talk, which there is. Um, this, according to KCTV5, according to the Clay County Commissioner, Jason Whittington, the Royals will release details about the club's two potential ballpark district sites on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, that would be what? The 21st? 22nd. On Tuesday, the 22nd, there will be information, according to the Royals, on the two spots they've selected. So we'll have a little bit more of an inside look of where this stadium might be at. Also, speaking of Tuesday, Tuesday the 29th, 6-10 day at the K, the Royals will play the Pittsburgh Pirates. Carrington Harrison will throw out the first pitch to Rob Brenton. Last year, Bob Fesco threw it out to Josh Klingler. Or, I'm sorry, other way around. Klingler threw it to Bob, and Bob dropped it. Um... So it should be interesting to see how this goes. But come out on Tuesday night, the 29th. See us at the Royals game uh, for 6-10 day at the K. But as we do every night at 8 o'clock, Isaac, let's get to the left field question. A lot of questions to decide from tonight. But this one, as most, come from Uber Facts. And the out-of-left-field question we have tonight, again, the number, Chase Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. For those of you part of hearing or might be in the back seat of your car. 913-586-7610. What is a childhood memory that almost all of us have? I think I could start. I remember the first time, and I'm sure a lot of people remember, the first time you lost a tooth. I remember where I was. I remember I sneezed and I felt something in my lower like jawline. And I thought to myself, well, that's not right. But I knew the theory, you know, I knew what was coming. My parents, they set me up. They were like, hey, you know what? You're gonna lose teeth. It's not gonna hurt. You're just gonna fall out. You're gonna lose your baby teeth. What I didn't know was the process of the tooth fairy. Cause I found it weird. Again, I've always been different. I've been built different. My mind, it thinks differently. My parents were like, you need to put that in a, in a towel, Ziploc bag it underneath the pillow. And when you're asleep at night, the tooth fairy's going to come and take that tooth. And I really didn't know what to think of that. I mean, the tooth fairy freaked me out. Santa Claus was always a little weird to me. But I remember losing my first tooth and remembering the process and then not knowing when that tooth fairy was going to. And I tried to stay up and then, of course, it didn't work which I felt like in hindsight, that gave my parents a little bit more time to stay up, watch movies, and get a little toasty. Isaac, what's a childhood memory that you think almost all of us have? All of us have? Ugh, that's tough. Um, I, I kind of want to add on to your point about the, the first tooth. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten, right? Is that when you lost yours? Yeah, that's when I lost mine. But here we are. We took a field trip to... Gardner, Kansas Pizza Hut, Sunflower Elementary, mm. shout out. Uh, we went to the Pizza Hut, and I felt a little wiggle on my front tooth. It's a bottom, middle. I can't really describe teeth like that because numbers are challenging. That's why I'm in media. Um, but I remember taking one bite of a pepperoni pizza, 
and feeling something missing. I feel yeah. a little more air coming through my mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I realize shortly, maybe 20, 30 seconds later, that tooth is gone, baby. That is in the stomach. It is never coming back. That first tooth is never coming back. So I will remember that forever. Um, it's kind of crazy, uh, but that's definitely something. I feel like there's a lot more people out there that have done that. But their first tooth. With food? Small, yeah, with food. They, they've either swallowed it or, or something happened. It's kind of gross, uh, but it happened. And I will uh, always remember that. I remember, uh, I remember first game of kids pitch, too. I always hit second in uh, in our lineup because I wasn't fast, but I could hit the ball more accurately than other kids. And I remember the first time in kids' pitch when you saw that first kid that had a hose that could that could really bring it. And I remember just being like, "How are we going to even come close to making contact with this?" Did you ever get hit in the face as a kid with the baseball? I think I had two concussions as a kid. One time was in middle school. I think it was in eighth grade, right before high school. Uh, we were playing a, a buddy of mine time, and he played for the Grain Valley Eagles. And he buzzed a fastball, hit me in the left ear flap, and I walked to third instead of first. And should have probably known then, because I had like little like black specks I was seeing, and I had just consistent ringing in my head. But I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And... Uh, I feel like that was one, and then I got clipped in the back of the head because I turned away from one, and it, it hit me in the back of the helmet. Not as nearly as hard. I think I got hit in the ear flap at probably, like, around, like, 75. Back of the head was, like, 60, but it was still one of those, like, random ones. I missed a, a splitter from my buddy Chase, and mm. went right over the glove, got me in the right eye, and I think for, like, two or three weeks straight, the laces of the baseball mm-hmm. were over this Tattooed. big purple bump on my eye. Yeah, man. Um, this is a souvenir for sure. But, yeah, shout out Chase, man. He he had some go. heat on him. Um, our teenage years were, were, were fun, man. Somebody says, I spit my first tooth out like it was a piece of sand. I just dropped my apple on the gravel driveway. It seemed legit. Somebody says, from the 417 right in the back of a truck. Somebody says, butt sniffing. Come on now. You don't want to be the Richard of the Week, do you? Somebody says, from the 816, listening to your friend get disciplined slash spanked by their parents and then returning to the room like nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, hearing the ice cream truck coming with somebody's, uh, that bell clanging. I feel like my number I feel like my my number one ice cream get was like the Ninja Turtles uh, ice cream bar or whatever it was with the two gumball eyes. Always got a Ninja Turtle. Every once in a while got the Tweety Bird. And then the other one was called like the Screwball, which I think was like bubblegum flavored ice cream that you'd have it there'd be like a bubblegum in the bottom of that uh, of that one. And from from the nine one three here, first time you got in serious trouble at school, I, I gotta say that's that's also a memory that you really never forget. Um, do you do you remember the first time you got in oh, in some legit serious trouble at a elementary, middle, or high school? So I never got in trouble in high school, but my parents probably got a call every other day in middle school. Mm. Um. I remember I got in trouble in middle school pretty severely because I was remember writing notes. I don't know if you guys did this in your school, but we, we I wrote notes with this girl back and forth. 
And at the age that I was and the vocabulary that I was using and some of the pictures that were drawn in this note, like, like most people get caught, the note dropped, someone picked it up, opened it, took it directly to a teacher when they could have just thrown it away, and boy, were my parents hot. I mean, there was like sexual content in this note. I had two days of in-school suspension. I went to Hall McCarter, and we had these. It's no longer a school now. Now it's like a, a place where people get their GEDs, I think. And they had two trailers outside, and I was in there for two days. I mean, my parents from mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, irate, pissed. Where'd you learn this language? You're only, you know, what are you in eighth grade? 13, 14? I think you're 14. 15 as a freshman, 16 as a sophomore. So, yeah, I'm 14 years old. I got, you know, sexual love notes to a girl in this class, putting pictures of our teacher doing things that you shouldn't have a kid draw on a piece of paper. Somebody says, I didn't hear the question, but I assume it's something to do with sexy stuff. Not at all. The question tonight out of left field question is, what's something that you think all kids, or I'm sorry, not all kids, what do you think is something that we all remember or what is a childhood memory that almost all of us have? My stepmom, Mary, chimes in on this question every time we do it. She says, child vacations. Do you remember your first child vacation? I remember when I was a kid, my parents let me fly to Tulsa, Oklahoma on a plane by myself. My cousins lived in Tulsa. Um, we were really close at the time, kind of in the same age group. My sister had done it uh, the year prior. And the next year, I was old enough, put me on a plane, flew to Tulsa by myself, got out of the airplane, you know, hung out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, flew back Kansas City. Also as a kid, went to Myrtle Beach. I also always remember lake trips. My family had a lake house, and I'd always remember we'd go. We'd always leave later. Parents got off work around like 6, 6.30. Uh, stepmom was always running behind. That's just Mary. You know I'm kidding. And we'd get there around like 11.30 midnight. My dad's dad was the, he, it was his house. And every time our Papa George was there waiting for us, no matter what time we showed up, 11, 11.30, midnight, he'd have the door open, you'd see that eerie lake light, you'd hear all the noises, and you just knew when you woke up, you had nothing but water. Somebody says, Dad teaching me how to ride a bike. That's fair. During my physical fitness test in seventh grade, my crush had to hold my feet during the setup, or the, yeah, the setup portion, and I passed gas every time that I came up. Yeah, that'll get you. That She still might be your crush, but you ain't crushing anything with her. My first time getting in trouble was feeding my class mellow worms? Uh, it's mealworms. mealworms. Uh, yeah, I feed my bearded dragon that. It's, uh, you have a bearded dragon? Yeah, dude. Mr. Pants. Okay, why is his name Mr. Pants? Because he's a dragon? It's funny, you know? Okay. He, he looks like a Mr. Pants, you know, you pick him up and ah, that guy's got, he's got a sense of humor. So, you know, somebody says their childhood memory is gesturing to a tr semi truck, the honk, the horn, you ham never and cheese, that. ham and cheese sandwich after swimming in a pool with Doritos. Mm. I'll be honest with you. One of my good buddies, uh, his wife's mom makes strawberry preserves and we were lucky enough to be there when she was bringing them over and they gave us a jar of it. Dude, I swear to God, I went to the grocery store, got a loaf of Wonder White bread and peanut butter, and I made a peanut butter and jelly with Lay's potato chips. There may not be a better sandwich chip combo that hits harder than that. And I love, like, a good turkey cheese, 
you know, chips on the sandwich, put the top piece of bread on it. That's another kid thing, man. Like, I'm going to ride my bike to Centennial Pool. Somebody says losing virginity. I think we all have that memory. Maybe not all of us. I never broke a bone, so I can't I can't get on that board. Uh, 913. It's not fun. Yeah. Somebody says, uh, from the 816, I, I bought a ticket to Chicago when I was 16 to go see my friend. After he moved, after my parents said no, I was no longer allowed to leave the house after that. So you bought a train ticket, didn't tell your parents. <clears throat> Somebody says they remember the first time you got hit in the nards by a baseball. Speaking of getting hit by a ball, I think we all have this memory, playing pickup basketball and that ball comes off the front of the rim, hits you right in the nose, and you feel like you got a basketball in your face that's not there, but you know it feels like there's a, a Spalding basketball. You, you've had that, right? We've oh, 100%. There, right? 100%. Or, uh, or jamming your thumb, getting a rebound, or going for a football catch and getting that, that jam daddy. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Brutal. Brutal. Ugh. Well, I'm not going to read that top text, but that is the out of left field question. 913-586-7610. What is a childhood memory you think we all have? A lot of interesting answers. Somebody says mom and dad having sex. I don't have that memory, and, one, I'm, and I'm glad I don't. One heck of a memory that I'm very glad that I do not have. Somebody says, remember the car game when you would punch your siblings if you saw a VW Bug or a, a Woody or a PT Cruiser? Somebody says, dad leaving to get cigarettes. None of my parents smoke, thank God. That is the out of left field question on 610 Sports Radio's show called After Hours. That is Isaac. I am Dusty Likens. When we come back, we're going to dive in a little bit more. Dive in a little bit more to this Bobby Witt train because if he does something, we lead the show with it. And I got to rehash the lead because I'm obsessed with where Bobby Witt Jr.'s superstar status is. I'm Dusty Likens. That's Isaac. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Norman Greenbaum's uh, When I Die or whatever, Spear in the Sky, because I am officially a scumbag. I, uh, $25 for Shoei Otani to hit a home run tonight. I just feel it, man. And every time I've felt a home run, it seems I get on X and it's like, Shohei Otani blasts one 445 feet. And I just feel like, damn it, I got to do it. Now watch. I'm telling you, he's going to hit a home run tonight of at least 435 feet, and I hope it's early. So I bet $25 on it. The payout is $83.75. Please, for the love of God, Shohei Otani hit a home run tonight. I've, 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 I've plugged this a lot. I've told my buddies it's the bet. I saw one not too, it was in the month where he hit like 20 home runs and 
somebody had said if you were to bet $100 on every game that he played to hit a home run, you'd be at $4,000. So we'll see. 25 bucks. If not, we might be having to work another job. We might have, we might have to pick up an extra shift. That's all right. Um, thanks for all the, all the chiming in on the out-of-left-field question tonight, which was what's a childhood memory we all have that we can remember uh, some, somebody from the 816 says, first time tearing your ACL. Uh, I did tear my ACL when I was 20 years old. True story. I was hammered. I was 21. I was chasing a friend around outside of my buddy's house, and it sounded like a, uh, it sounded like a champagne cork popped off. And I collapsed to the ground. And I had no idea uh, what had just happened. And my knee was just on fire. And I remember I was still inebriated, and I, I fell asleep. And the next morning, I stood up, and I collapsed. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Called my mom, who was a nurse. I said, we might have an issue. I think my knee is probably either broken or severely torn. And she goes, okay, we'll get you a, uh, we'll get you a MRI in the morning, and we'll see what happens. And I got a call later that night. She said, do you want the bad news or the worst news? I said, well... Not really anywhere we can go. She said, well, the bad news is you uh, tore your meniscus. The worst news is you completely tore your ACL. So uh, detached. And, uh, yeah, that was that was not fun because the worst part about it was for, I think, 30 days, Dr. Dugan, who worked at Lee Summit uh, Orthopedics, I was like, I want you to walk around on a little bit with crutches and keep the, the muscles around it strong. And there'd be times where I'd forget that I was on it and I'd put pressure and I would just collapse. Don't tear your ACL. Actually, just don't get drunk and chase your friends. Swing and a high fly ball. Deep left center. Back goes Bellinger on the track in front of the Ivy. And that ball's going to be out of here. That's going to be bouncing back onto the field off that overhang. But Bobby Witt Jr. has hit a two-run homer. Here at Wrigley Field, it is a home run. Bobby Wood Jr.'s must-see baseball. Bobby Wood Jr. is a superstar. Bobby Wood Jr. plays for the Kansas City Royals, and Bobby Wood Jr. gave the Royals a two-run lead at Wrigley today, and he is the reason that team won today. Now, Cole Reagans was also great. The Royals might have found something in that trade for Aroldis Chapman. Um, wouldn't it be great, and wouldn't that be ironic? that the Royals get a guy like Aroldis Chapman after Dayton Moore leaves. They then trade him to a Dayton Moore team for a pitcher where Dayton Moore couldn't draft any, and then he works out. Well, that's a topic for another day. But the topic that we have here is that Bobby Wood Jr. is going to finish in the top five in AL MVP votes. I promise. Now, the only way that this may not happen, which is a good possibility, is that Shohei Otani could win it unanimously which means nobody else's name even gets written down. But Bobby Witt Jr. is the hottest superstar in baseball currently. Bobby Witt Jr. is doing things that you've never seen in Royals franchise history or potentially will. There is a chance that BWJ could be a 30-30 guy. The last guy to do it, Mike Trout. Pretty good at baseball? I think so. The other guys who do it before Mike Trout, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonds, others. 
But when you think about names like Bobby Witt Jr. in classes with other people, right, he's starting to be that guy. He's starting to be a name in which is, yeah, he's cool in Kansas City. Like, I would love to talk to Danny Parkins on Sunday and be like, what do you think about Bobby Witt Jr. now that he's been in your backyard, now that you've seen this kid play? And he would be upfront and honest. He's like, well, he beat us single-handedly in the game on Friday afternoon. We'll see what tomorrow brings. But again, this is Bobby Witt Jr. in three months' time this year. He's hit a leadoff home run. He's had a two-home run game, a walk-off home run, a grand slam, and an inside-the-park home run. That happened all in three months. He's the fifth player since 1945 to do it all in one season. This isn't like he did this in April to now. This is like he did this in three months. He did one of them, or he did two of them in one night, the grand slam and the walk-off home run. I was there. It was electric. The crowd blew up. It had a lot of 14, 15 vibes when he hit that grand slam walk-off. Seriously. Now, I get it. It's a home run. It's a walk-off. It's Friday night. It's fireworks. The crowd's going to be big anyway. But again, Royals blew that lead. Bobby Wood Jr. came up, bases loaded, and cranked a grand slam. My entire family was there. My dad cheered like he was a 17-year-old boy watching a baseball game for the first time live. He's in his 60s. Bobby Wood Jr. is a superstar, and the Royals have a big thing coming up this offseason. And I get it, the stadium is, is going to be the, the cloud that hangs over everybody. And there will be an announcement Tuesday on the two locations. But here's the deal. This makes it a little bit easier to kind of get on board with it, if I'm not wrong. This is something where when you think of what to build a stadium around, you think of Bobby Witt Jr. And I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, I don't want to get invested. He's only going to be here for so long, and then he's going to be gone. Maybe. Maybe. But maybe the Royals just have never pitched to a superstar the way they could pitch to this superstar. And I don't mean by throwing a baseball at him. I mean by, hey, we want to give you a five-year extension right now for $185 million. And after three years, there's a player out. You can, you know, you can get out if you want, if you like, if the team's not where we wanted it to be. We'll promise you in this offseason, we'll go get one of the top five pitchers free agents in this offseason. I don't know if they'll go get a Blake Snell. I don't know if they'll spend money like that. I haven't really seen John Sherman be dealt a superstar like Bobby Witt Jr. And if you don't think he's superstar, different stratosphere level yet, he's tied sixth. Sixth. And most hits in the entire league of the acronym that is MLB. The only people above him, Arise, who was hitting 400 in June, who's hitting, I think, 368 or 365 right now in Miami. Bo Bichette, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, and then it's him and Shohei Otani, who is the AL MVP. Acuna is the NL MVP. Freddie Freeman, as Vern said, will finish second in NL MVP. Arise will probably finish third. Otani will finish first. Bo Bichette will finish in the top three of MVPs. And then there's Bobby Wood Jr. And if I'm the Royals and I'm John Sherman, I'm calling Patrick Mahomes. I'm calling Bobby Witt Sr. And I'm saying, look, man, what do you want? 
where do you want to see this franchise go? We want to put you on the face of the map, and we want to build this thing around you. Let's have a discussion, and let's be cordial with it. Because there's a lot of people who don't understand where the contract might be. And you know my guy, Josh Furnier, dear friend, family friend. There's nothing but love between me and Vern. He had this to say on Cody and Gold show this week about what a contract might look like for a Bobby Wood Jr. Right, and I, I see what – look, I, I, if I'm Bobby, obviously I, I respect Salvador Perez, um, but, but I don't know if I have that in me. I, I, don't, I don't know if that, uh, that, that, that internal fire is the same. I mean, even Salvi, you know that's been tested. I think Brady Singer's cut from that same cloth as well, where uh, sure, they love baseball and they're playing for the love of the game, but okay, now what? You know, we're competition addicts. You know, these, these, you guys know you're, you're, you're around them right now. It's not just God given ability that got them to the big leagues. It's not just God given ability and some good luck that got them to the NFL. These guys work harder than everybody that they played with in high school. They work harder than everybody that they played with in college and the best talking about Salvi and, and Bobby and Brady. These guys work harder than everybody that they share a big league clubhouse with. So they're not satisfied with, uh, hey, I'm making a lot of money. No, they assumed they were going to make a lot of money. They're trying to build a legacy, right? That's what Salvi is now playing for is Cooperstown. Bobby and Brady started off this thing with, with high hopes for uh, themselves, their career, and their legacy. And, and yeah, I, I don't think they're going to let uh, loyalty to um, – uh, uh, and you know what? I, I can't imagine that they really feel that loyalty to the Royals, right? They weren't here in 2015, like – Salvi was like we all were. We think everybody should understand what the Royals mean. Uh, Brady was here in 2018. Bobby was drafted in 2019. These guys have seen uh, only losing. They, they've seen more 100 loss seasons than they have uh, competitive months of August. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. This is Jay Binkley and I's song here. I was tired of my lady. That's what he says right there. Listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio, Isaac and Dusty Likens with you. I want to bring up uh, something that I think is interesting with the world of sports. And that is ESPN the four-letter network. I think ESPN is a dangerous company. I think ESPN does things that are maybe a little crooked. I think if you need to figure this out, just go down a rabbit hole with uh, Dan Levitard. He'll explain the whole process for you. He'll, uh, he'll let you know uh, kind of what, uh, what the deal is, where it comes to how they treat their employees and stuff like that. But... They are a big business, and big business does what big businesses do. They're going to hire cheap. They're going to give you a contract, and then when you are expecting more money, they will cut ties. We remember this in the offseason where ESPN was letting people go left and right, left and right, left and right. And I think ESPN is doing a decent job of trying to rebrand, trying to restructure what they are, And one thing that they've done of recent is bringing in Pat McAfee. Now, I know he's not everybody's Kool-Aid, and maybe he's, you know, 
Maybe he's too spicy of a pepper for people to like. Um, and that's fine. But I will say, um, I enjoy his content. I think it's different and it's entertaining. The other thing that was announced the other day is that ESPN and Stephen A have a little bit of a surprise new addition to their team. Now, in this audio, Stephen A. Smith kind of sort of debunks that, but he's also being the professional and having the level of clout that he has to make you well aware that anything is possible until the name is signed on the line. There's recent reports that just came out, um, and those reports have uh, Shannon Sharp coming the first take. I have a smile on my face. It's a beautiful smile on my face because we all know it's something that I want. It's something that I've declared uh, because I respect Shannon. I like him. I think he'd be a tremendous asset to the show, my show, which is my day job, first take ESPN every weekday morning from 10 a.m., 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You know what time it is. It's been number one for 12 years. Don't act like you don't know. But my point is, is that it'll be great to have him. Here's the issue. We don't. Sorry, Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. It's a bit premature. Shannon Sharp has yet to sign on the dotted line to be a member of First Take. It has not happened yet. I'm still confident it will happen. I still believe it will happen. I think it needs to happen, and I have no doubt that I'm going to exhaust any means I have available to me to make it happen. So I do believe this is going to happen. I think there's too many, you know, Stephen A's just being the professional and the media say, hey, like if it doesn't, I told you he didn't sign yet because something fell through. But I like that they're doing this because when your competitor is losing its mind, a.k.a. Skip Bayless, who's probably been lost for about 10 years, you attack them when they're the most vulnerable. And I think that Skip, or I think that Steven and Shannon have been on the same page with this the minute that Shannon left Skip. Now, obviously, for contract reasons, you cannot, you know, negotiate with competitors. You have a non, you know, non-negotiating clause in your contract. But I believe the minute that Shannon filed that he was done, that he was over it, I think he and Stephen A had a conversation. And they said, hey, let's put some thoughts together. Let's put this, you know, let's let's think about this and let's have us a, a good old powwow and see where we can go with it. And then you remember after that, Skip was having a hard time trying to find people be the co-host. Now, he didn't say this per quote, but he kind of did, where he was looking for someone that wasn't going to be over him. Someone that could debate with him, but at the end of the day, he was the winner. It's my show. It's my you know, status. That's why guys like LaShawn McCoy, Richard Sherman, uh, Lil Wayne, guys like that, that you're like, why are these names a, a part of the show? Because he will be the more superior one because he has the better background. He's been in the industry longer. Now, I think if Richard Sherman gets on there, it could be interesting. Richard Sherman's intelligent. He's already said that he's better at life than Skip Bayless. But the thing about ESPN doing this is ESPN did exactly what you should have done in the situation. The minute that FS1 said that they were going to have these lineups with Skip Bayless, ESPN comes out, guns blazing, and says, we're going to bring Shannon Sharp in on Monday and Tuesdays to debate with Stephen A. during the football season. Oh, and by the way, we're going to put Shannon on McAfee's show on Thursday. 
it's a brilliant idea, and I'm glad they did that. And I know there's people out there that don't like Stephen A., that think he's over the top. I think he's great. I think his content's perfect. I think he does things that other people try to attempt to do and don't land it, and he's hitting the 980 or whatever it was that Tony Hawk always hit. And if you don't agree with that, listen to this little bit of audio. Now, y'all know that Taylor Swift, you know, doing concerts all over the country. I have two daughters. Teenagers have friends. And so when your dad is perceived as having money and you got daughters that open their mouths and promises them that daddy's going to get them tickets. Hey, Jim, I had to get 10 tickets. Them damn things was $2,000 a piece. Two times 10 is $20,000. My man, Mark Shapiro, he gave me two free tickets. Not only did I send my daughters back to the concert, daddy actually went with me at a Taylor Swift concert. But I said, I'm going to go see her. That's the best concert I've been to in my life. Excuse my language, but that was off the chain. Taylor Swift brought the damn house down. I was jamming to Taylor Swift. She was sensational. I'd pay to see her again. Seriously. I'm not joking. She was a superstar that night. That girl is special. Hey, it's Bobby Wood Jr., and you're listening to the home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. Back in on 610 Sports Radio, Dusty Like is with you as we wrap this show up tonight. Again, some programming notes. We will be back on Sunday morning, 9 a.m. You'll get your Fantasy Football Sunday, Episode 1 of the 2023 season. As we uh, we start the fantasy, I hope nobody's had their draft yet. I know everybody's different. Uh, Shohei Otani's first bat, uh, first to bat a single down the right field line. So he's seeing the ball good. That's a good thing to see on the early sides. As we uh, as we have a twenty five dollar bet on an anytime home run, former Royal Mike Mustakis in the Botters box right now. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Thanks to Jay Binkley for joining the show tonight. He was on at 6.30. If you missed it, uh, check out the podcast. Did Moose just go yet? Oh, off the wall. Either way, Shohei Otani, one for one. Game is tied. I like the way this is going. 25 bucks, home run, pays out 87. And now everybody at Anaheim loves Mike Moustakis when they used to hate Mike Moustakis. But that's fine. Um, somebody said from the 913, enjoy those lattes, brother. Hayden from Onexa. What's your beer of choice, Isaac? You going Bush Light, Miller Light? You mm. a non-drinker? Oh, no. I Okay. I dabble. Trust me. I dabble. Um, draft? I, I like a, a tall... Tall Miller Light. I think a tall Miller Light always uh, does the trick for me. But on the craft scene, I think I think one of my all time favorite beers might uh, might have to be a Tank Seven, nice ice cold Tank Seven. That'll do the trick too. If you wanna, if you wanna feel a little tingle in your ankles, that's a uh, that's a good one to have. Tingle in the ankles. Mm-hmm. Somebody says Ed's calling in. He wants to talk college football. Well, Ed had two and a half hours to call in. We got two minutes left of this show. Somebody said, Dusty, who's Richard of the Week? I'd say it's Frank White. Bob is confident the stadium is going to be in Clay County. Well, we're going to find out Tuesday, as I mentioned earlier tonight, that the uh, commissioner, not the commissioner, yeah, 
of Clay County said that he is uh, expecting the Royals to make an announcement on Tuesday to let the people know on the final two spots on where they plan on putting this new stadium. So we'll see where that goes. Thanks to all the people that chimed in on the uh, and wants to, uh, you know, give us the old, you know, the old what you remember that everybody remembered as a child. Hey, Wolf, my boy Donnie said he loves you and wants to see you at the pool tomorrow. I already gave Donnie a shout-out. If you missed that, go back and listen to it. We talked about the Mustangs. First game tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about it. 9 a.m. Had to pass a background check. Didn't get anything back, so I assume I passed. I assume with the background check, if you don't pass it, they will let you know right away that you didn't pass a background check. And I'm not a creep, so I don't have to worry about nothing. The Richard of the Week, though, by the way, was was a guy that was uh, out in Barnes & Noble getting down in the catcher's position and sniffing ass. You can't do that. That man also had a criminal record and was released in the same day that he was putting TikToks up of doing that. That was the Richard of the Week. But no, Tuesday you'll get more information on the stadium. Saturday. Tomorrow at 7 p.m., you'll get Chiefs versus Cardinals. If I had an opinion, I don't want to see anybody play for the Chiefs. Not anybody of importance. We know that that, uh, we know that, that field is garbage. We know that people have been hurt on that field. Of course, last year was McDuffie and Butker. And then you remember how crazy it was for the Chiefs and their kicker situation? They were bringing guys in, high school kickers, college kickers, anti-pro kickers, couldn't get it right. Then one, what was it, I believe, last year? They brought in some dude. He hit, like, the record for the longest field goal kicked at Arrowhead and GEHA. And then the very next week, Bucker was healthy and, and completely took his record away and piped the longest then field goal in uh, at, at Arrowhead Stadium. So we'll see. What was that guy's name? I can't remember, man. It was, like, week, I think it was, like, week five or six. I can't remember which one it was, but I know that he had set the record. I feel like he was like a, no, because what, they they brought in the former Arizona guy, and then he missed like two field goals against Indianapolis, and they let him go, and then they brought in another guy, and I think he piped the field goal from like, I want to say it was like 54 or 55, and then Butker went out there the very next day and hit like a like a 59-yard field goal or something, or the next week. It's like, hold my beer. can't remember what that guy's name was. That's bothering me. I guess if you just typed in, like, Chiefs schedule from last year and hit box score and found it until you found the name, you'd find it. But, you know, we got to be out of here in a couple of minutes. Uh, but, no, just remember Sunday, 9 o'clock, Fantasy Football Sundays. Next week, I'll be here. Um, I'll be here uh, all week next week. Monday, I'll be doing Cody and Gold. Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll have after hours. And then Thursday, Friday, we'll be doing the drive and then another fantasy football show on Sunday. So a uh, pretty loaded week uh, for yours truly. Isaac, good job tonight, man. I, I appreciate all your work. I know you're starting to get uh, acquainted in 610 Studios, so that's always nice. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. The The first show is under the books now, mm-hmm. and um, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, dude. I don't know what you want to accomplish here, but just keep saying yes to every phone call you get for the first, like, two years. And you, you might find yourself in, in where my happy ass is, which is kind of a contradicting statement. Not really. I mean, I am actually happy. I don't mind it. 
It's fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, things that we were saying that we were going to watch for tomorrow. I know it's a seven o'clock start. I know it's preseason game number two. It's interesting. It's fun. Um, let's watch these receivers, man. Let's see how these receivers develop. Uh, let's see how they look with Patrick Mahomes. Let's see if they get off to a faster start to where everybody can kind of relax. Cause I know a lot of people last week were like, Oh my God, season's over. Um, not only that, but we got some information today about a, uh, a certain, uh, chief Saholic person. Let's not forget what his lawyer sounded like today. This is not chief Saholic's last drive. And he believes, and we believe that when the final whistle blows and all of the facts are known, that he is going to be redeemed in the eyes of his community, in the eyes of his fans, and in the eyes of the Chiefs' kingdom. That lawyer, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. If that's my lawyer, we might have to have a different conversation while I'm behind bars. Again, thanks everybody tonight. Thanks to Isaac, thanks to Binkley, thanks to the text line, Jay Southland, Toast Severs text line. Uh, go out there and be nice. Go out there and be kind. Be safe. Do something nice for somebody. It's cool to care. Love you, Kansas City. I'll let this music play out on a Friday night. Go have one for me. Cheers, KC. to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.